and six other people for joining us tonight for the Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every weekday uh, evening at midnight Eastern. We talk about guns. So thanks now for jumping in. Yep, thanks for the invite. You been. You did uh, your first show last night? That was me. Um, I did it uh, Saturday night. Oh, yeah, Saturday. So how did that go? Oh, really good. I was surprised. I had quite a few people watching. Got like 80 views or so so far, so I was pretty happy. A lot more than I thought I'd have. So did you go into it with like a I don't know, list or something of what to talk about or whatever you call that? Like a... um, eh, I kind of went into it with an idea of what to talk about and some stories on it, but wasn't real professionally uh, produced by any means. Right on. So Saturdays can be kind of um, hit or miss on Saturdays. So um, or Saturday nights can be. How was the turnout? Is that eighty people watching it? No. No, just I've had eighty views so far. I think. Well, once whenever I looked, I had eighteen watching at one time. I don't know what the max was any time. I haven't didn't pay much attention to that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a lot actually. A lot for uh, our show for sure, and it's a lot for a Saturday show in general. Yeah, I was pretty shocked to have 18 at once watching. Yeah, I don't know why uh, YouTube makes it so difficult. They give us really nice analytics on so many other aspects of our videos and our produced content, but on live streams, there's there's places you can get more data than they give us on the screen here, but all I get is a number like 7 viewers watching us right now, and that's it. Uh, nothing like a little speedometer thing or something that could tell me what the max was or... You know how many of those are returns or something because you know who knows if somebody jumps out and jumps back in if that's you know they're covering his two numbers for a moment but anyway none of that stuff and uh i don't know if it would be even useful but certainly things like they should do a pause so when you're in here by yourself you can you know pause the thing maybe make force it to go to a commercial they do that on some of their other live platforms um so the tech is there i think there i would be probably the best thing i think to give people a way to you know pause live yeah even if you just could play a uh, elevator music while you paused yeah like just exactly set up some music beforehand or they used to have cards on their other version of live there is a way to kind of pause it you can force a commercial but you can also just set up a bunch of cards so you can have something like a commercial or a public service or something and then you know use it intentionally in a segment of your show or use it for if you need to step away or something yeah. all right so Monday, we're going to talk about uh, behind the scenes. Looks like we're saying making a pro A comic on the schedule there. And what so we got? We're going to talk about Stone Guy and the calendar. So uh, we'll dig into that. But it looks like Angelina jumped in from California. Thanks for joining. Uh, hey, what's going on? Just a show, you know, just a podcast. Episode 641. 
not much. Uh, Slim, have you joined us before? Uh, not on the Daily Gun Show. I've been in many other chats, but not the Daily Gun Show. Right on. Well, I saw you out there, and you lighting the screen on the gun channel, so I threw you a link. I thought I was going to be here by myself, so thanks, y'all, for jumping in. And uh, Ellis told most of our audience he's some kind of crazy voodoo. He's talking about conspiracies, but I think the real conspiracy is how he got all my audience to go over to his show. When he, you know, so this is this messed up when they would normally not want to watch his show. I suspect. I think it was because Dead Horse was over there. It was really why everybody's there. Probably, everyone has a Dead Horse crush. So Dead Horse doesn't go into the Daily Gun Show anymore. He used to. Well, when you're like a star of a certain level, you don't, you don't yeah. go below, you know? Yeah. yeah. So sent Gary a link, nothing. So this is the new crew. So we'll, uh, we'll move forward without those old people. We'd like we did without Dano and without Smeggy, without Bob. We'll just, we'll just keep ripping through. So you guys are getting around for about a week or so. Get the new crew coming in. Oh, look, there's Woods. Hey, folks, how are you? Oh, okay. We got Woods jumping in from the Pacific Northwest. Sounds here. I know it's what's right. I don't know if we got feedback or what, but yeah, he's here. Mr. Bacon himself. Thanks for the bacon patch, G. I got that package today. For buying stuff. That uh, definitely helped. It was a pretty successful uh, effort there on Friday. I really do appreciate everybody that uh, pitched in. And, I mean, there's a lot of little bills that creep in, and I like to sho shove a lot of them off, and they all accumulate. So that's why we're still here. Appreciate it. Um, we're talking about making a Pro A pro 2A comic, and I've been pushing this now for a while. I don't know, maybe in vain something I have some interest in, but I was really hoping to get a ball rolling and see other artists, people that like to draw or animate or do something with uh, cartoons and comics and stuff, I'll come to the table and pitch in. I guess there are no one in the Second Amendment community that likes to doodle, or am I doing something wrong? But uh, how do we get other artists over here to gun channels to like participate in a collaborative animated or comic version of two-way stuff? Well, I'll be honest, I know no artists, and I am definitely not an artist, so I am no help with that. I mean, I don't think I'm really an artist either, but I know artists. I know artists in the 2A community, so um, I don't know. Maybe there should be a thing. I know, so because I live in the L.A. area and past jobs I've had, I'm a member of all these little, like, creative societies and stuff so they have you know meetups and whatnot um maybe there should be like a 2a artist email list and then i don't know get a group going push it out there at first i didn't know where you're going then i didn't like where i thought you were going but then i got surprised and i like where you turned it so yeah that would be kind of neat to just maybe uh reach out to some people and then if they're not youtubers or people that use hangouts or i don't know whatever the hell an artist might be into they might not even be online that much um maybe figure out a way to get a couple of them to uh, effort in the same direction but not expect them to be able to hang out in a hangout like that 
Yeah, I but, mean, but well, that's why I said like an email list or something because, I mean, I feel like the root of the issue, which is the two-way comic thing, would be establishing a network of two-way artists. And I mean, art comes in all different varieties. So if you had a little group going, I mean, I know all you need is another thing on your plate, but... I don't know. That would be my like creative answer for the. Evening. Yeah, I'm not looking to do anything, and I'm doing too much of this crap already. Because now people are going to think I'm trying to make some kind of uh, thing on my own, and I'm not an artist, and I'm not interested in become one. But I also am not crippled, and I can at least my hands aren't crippled. I might be crippled mentally, but my hands aren't, so I can wiggle them around in front of a mouse and make colored things happen on a screen. So. Uh, I'm just thinking there's got to be, like you said, there's art in all different kinds of ways. Somebody might be putting together, I don't know, wood burning. Let's say they, they like decorative wood burning. And, you know, they decided to turn that towards a Second Amendment topic or something. Or, heck, maybe somebody like making something out of wood and staining it, maybe putting it under glass. Who knows? There's all kinds of artists out there is all I'm saying. And, uh, I don't know, there's probably ways that we could get creative. I really, my goal is to get something like a heavy metal magazine, a collaborative thing where it just showcases art. Because I think art is like a lot of things where everybody's got their own take on it, style on it, right? And nothing's going to appeal to everybody. But if you put something together that's got a common theme, then at least people can see what's, you know, get an experience of what different people's takes are on it. Maybe open their minds. I think that's what art's for. But I'm also thinking there's an alternative to that, an alternate ulterior motive to that, where some artists might come along and be like, two A artists, what's this all about? then, you know, potentially understand a little bit more about what the hell's going on. Uh, my other alternative, ulterior motive would be if we did get, I think I didn't even realize what I was looking for until you mentioned the, the email list or whatever. But if we were to get some people together when necessary and maybe just, you know, on some kind of regular basis in order to always have something on the offensive, but organize people with a common something, you know, here's a, um, a two-way rally coming up two months from now. Let's get a bunch of artists on board to rally towards making different people aware. Posters, you know, murals, I don't know, cartoons, poems, whatever the heck their art might be. Um, I don't know. I just think that there's something there that I haven't seen, at least. I've seen individual artists here and there, but they seem to just stand there by themselves. People walk by and go, ooh, ah, but I haven't seen them gather. Now, maybe I haven't seen them. So is that a question? Has anybody seen any kind of two-way artist's uh, gallery or together or whatever that would be called? Um, a friend of mine who owns a Cerakote shop, he did something that was like a pro... I mean, it was a pro-gun art thing because he Cerakoted something for it. I don't know how like crazy into it it went, but... I mean, there's definitely... You know what? There's... One of the reasons why my business is so profitable is because there's a lack of people that are even willing to work in the industry with these companies. I've had people tell me that printers flat out refused to print what they wanted because it had something to do with guns. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it would be worth it to... I don't know. At least know that there's, you know, pro two A artists out there. But I mean that brings me to another little thing, which I guess is kind of in line with this, is that people assume that just because you like guns and stuff, you don't know anything about art. 
or care about art or have any artistic skill. So basically you're trying to come up with ways to help change public opinion. Oh, uh, get louder, Slim. A little, little bit more. I can adjust it. I'm off my laptop. Is that better? Louder, a little bit better, but not much better. What was now that? You, I said you're basically trying to change public opinion. You're trying to, kind of like back in World War II when they came up with the propaganda posters and everything to try and turn public opinion to drive the war effort. That's basically what you're trying to do. You're trying to put out the message that, you know, hey, it's a good thing. You should get behind it. And yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't think about it. I was thinking of more like getting some artists, some creative people, and to build something like a war poster, definitely, like propaganda. Here's some pro-gun stuff, like memes or whatever. Prop war posters were just memes for people who had, you know, respect and moral character, right? So it was appealing to their to their heart, so uh, and not their funny bone or their sarcastic thing. But um, I, that's definitely what I was thinking. But now what Angelina's saying, I think, is... Uh, worthy too is just to have some pro-gun art out there at least maybe even a collection of it because there's certainly some out there now that i'm actually putting some thought into it if you don't care about the flag and you like all that you know usa uh stuff there's a ton of that if you call that art you know there's a ton of the wooden and the metal and that kind of thing um but then a whole bunch of that has like uh, silhouettes of guns in it or cutouts of guns and then those people usually do something similar with more gun you know straight gun stuff and uh I don't know, Sarah Coders must do something else, maybe paint motorcycles or something, and they probably put some guns motifs to it, right? I never thought about that, though, but I don't know if we need to impress art people necessarily, but just to, if nothing else, appear more like a well-rounded community, have a thriving art thing. But uh, I guess where I was going is I, I'll oftentimes look for something online and you know, just notice that there's just, I mean, I don't think I've ever deliberately looked for gun art, but when I'm looking at art and stuff, the only time you ever see a gun is when it's in some kind of knot or there's children crying about it or, you know, it's somehow, you know, shown as the epic, in, you know, evil, violent thing or whatever. It's never, you know, gun being a cop, being a protecting somebody from evil or anything. Or rarely. Oh, yeah, I think about it. As soon as I said that, I'm thinking to myself, what about all the the, the soldier stuff? There's some soldier art that's crazy awesome. Crazy oh, yeah. awesome. Trench, trench, art. trench art, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. I find it rather annoying to see those ones with the stupid gun, the revolver with the knot tied in it crap. It bugs me because the barrel's too long. That barrel would be longer than any revolver ever made. It would be like that thing in uh in the uh Johnny Dangerously movie, right? That's the only gun that you could ever tie in a knot like that. <laughs> I is a correct knot. Let's cinch it tight enough to be the actual barrel. Yeah, it makes no sense. And they're supposed to be artists. Yeah. But yeah, even the concept is annoying. They pick the one gun that never is used for anything except maybe shooting at pigs or something. <laughs> well, yeah, with a 16-inch barrel, I don't think you shoot a revolver too much for you know, anything else. Well, just even a big giant revolver, no criminal wants to carry around like seven pounds of metal to have five rounds, you know. It's just highway patrol officers back in the 60s and then, you know, hunters now. Nobody carries around a giant revolver. There is a neat one, and I don't, I guess, imagine it's probably pro or anti gun, right? Have you guys seen this one where it's a bunch of gun silhouettes that are kind of hanging like 
just I think in the air, like in a three-dimensional kind of cloud. And but as you walk around the cloud, they look less like a whole bunch of silhouettes of guns, and then they just become one big gun. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Is oh, that yeah. anti-gun thing? Because I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know if it's anti-gun. I can only assume so because it's in a it's in a city and you know it's gun. But there was also one that was like supposed to be like those I don't know electric bikes that you could a quarter in and get one or like maybe a shopping cart or a stroller or something where you'd you know put in a quarter and get the thing to use for some amount of time and then you'd plug it back in you know to return it they had that one on i think in chicago or new york where it was supposed to look like ar-15s and you would put a quarter in and get one it was supposed to like be anti-gun and supposed to piss everybody off and they took it out right away because it pissed everybody off but i thought it was kind of cool i mean i thought it was a cool idea if they just had real guns there I was like, that's actually kind of cool. I mean, we have fire extinguishers put all over the place. We put them behind glass so people don't fiddle with them. Like, would we be wrong with having a bunch of, you know, tools for security all over the place, you know? Now, have somebody, you just put your RFID chip that's embedded in your wrist or your uh, barcode that's tattooed on your wrist that would let you in if you're part of the, the state. Well, only only Patriot has that chip in his arm. Yeah, well, it's probably the one you want to have the AR-15 too. Yeah. Well, one other. Oh, go ahead. One other kind of art you didn't kind of mention much, but like even the pro-gun T-shirts and stuff, where they take the guns and make different designs, this stupid love one and all that. Those are kind of neat. What about like yeah, stickers? Well, it depends on who makes them. I don't know. Is that art? I guess it's art if you can like walk up next to somebody and squint because it's all little usually. Right. But I guess it is. I mean, it's art for us. I'm just saying, as far as like the world, I don't know. maybe. I'm sure if there was, I don't know, some kind of clever like the pandas with the ARs or pandas oh, with yeah, like the Banksy thing. Huh? The Banksy thing isn't that what that is? I don't know what that is, but that's the kind of thing that you know some. 16 year old kid who put that on a t-shirt and then all of a sudden everybody thinks it's the coolest thing i don't know if that makes it good or bad though you know, it's... i don't know bro all right well so making a two-way comic i don't know where else to take it so we'll keep moving unless anybody else wants to throw anything else in it at that topic i'm going to keep kicking it around uh if somebody wants to do it at some point i'll quit doing it and i'll do something else but uh you know we'll keep kicking it around uh, let's see. We're going to go on to the member of the day, which is a Yankee. I have all this open. No, it's Stone Guy. So uh, Stone Guy two two three. Nobody in here knows who that is. I don't. No. no so yeah, Gun Channel's been around for five years. Coming on five years. I think Stone Guy was in the first group. He was definitely in the second year, and maybe into the third. So he's been around for a while, but then he left. He was a cop and. Uh, I think he was like a cop part time and worked his own jewel. He worked at his jewelry store. And I don't remember if he owned the jewelry store or like was just a jeweler there, but he was some sort of a jeweler. They would make jewelry and then worked at uh, was some kind of detective or something. So he had a lot of insight. And like a lot of cops, he had his cop training, but not much else. So he had a lot of opinions and brought a lot of insight from that angle. And then every once in a while, we'd have you know, talks about other stuff that he could talk about his uh, knowledge of metals and. And art, I guess, once in a while. So anyway, Stone Guy, you'd uh, 
I think people recognize his name, though, right? You've probably heard people say, oh, that's like Stone Guy or Stone Guy used to do that or something like that. Or have you not even heard Stone Guy around the Gun Channel's water cooler? I've heard the name before. I must be too new because I've never even heard it before. Yeah, that's what happened, I guess, because he hasn't been around to kick it, you know, kick his stuff up. But basically, he would uh, hang out in Matt and Yankees chats quite a bit back in the first years of Gun Channels. Um, the first years, I guess. Uh, it was a little different. We had the primetime chats. That's been really consistent throughout the whole thing. Matt has had a Wednesday chat forever. Um, and just, you know, some of these other people have had long-time running primetime chats. But... Uh, Back in the day, the thing would be to have an after chat. So um, after the primetime chats, we might have a big audience, hundreds of people, and then somebody would have an after chat, and a bunch of that audience would roll over into the after chat. And typically, whatever they were talking about in the first chat, they would just continue talking about or you know, elaborate on stuff or start to have bigger arguments and stuff. So they got pretty crazy most of the time. Uh, very topical, though, not so much wandering like some of the late-night stuff is lately. Um, it was pretty much focused on whatever they were talking about before because there were so many people that wanted to be part of these live conversations. It was literally like people were waiting in line to get in on the conversation. So it was as if, you know, there was this conversation and people were walking up and being part of it and contributing, saying their point, and then maybe having to leave. And then somebody else was already there waiting, you know, still waiting, I guess, to jump in and be part of it. I don't know. It was an interesting thing. Anyway, Stone Guy was responsible for a lot of those after chats. And, uh, he was a character. He would fall asleep because he had a lot to do. He would fall asleep in the chats, and for somehow, I don't know what the hell, he would sit on some sort of a chair without a back on it. So he would be sitting in, like, a desk chair without a back, and he would just lean back. So one minute he'd be there, and then he'd be back, and then you'd ask him a question or something. He'd be like, all right, what? And then he'd sit up out of nowhere, and he was just, you know, just that was his un he was unique in that respect. Half time, he'd lean back like that and fall asleep. Maybe just be gone for half the chat. And then, for some reason, after a while, Matt and him uh, got this little thing going where he would say something risque or whatever at the end of Matt's chats, and then Matt would say, uh, on that note. So if you've heard Matt refer to on that note, that's all about Stone Guy being weird at the end of Matt's chats and everybody digging, you know, like a 10-year-old, oh, we said a bad word or whatever. So, uh, yeah, Stone Guy, definitely a big influence. He left a couple of gun channelisms around, and... Um, yeah, certainly a, a real one of the main flavors of gun channels for a couple of years. So that's why we go back and talk about them. If it's interesting, awesome. If it ain't, let me know. So I'll quit that. Blab on about stuff like that. Uh, and then we'll go into, I guess, the events. Oh, that error means yes. So we'll go in and look at gun channels events over here. You all can talk. You're members of the panel. I'm going to do a 20-minute show where I talk the whole time. This will turn into a 20-minute chat if I have to talk because I don't. It's supposed to be a conversation, so feel free to jump in. Looking at the calendar over here, NRA Carry Expo is this weekend. I don't think anybody here is going. Wait, where is it? That's not this weekend. Virginia. What? That's September. Oh, that's not this weekend. I'm sorry. That's September 14th. A while away, so you got time to go. No, I'm not going, but I am thinking about gun rights policy. All right, so gun rights policy is on the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. The weekend before is the bullpup shoot. So, would you go a week early and drive all the way across Illinois to Iowa and go to that shoot? No, 
Uh, Man of Core Arms will be there. Uh, they make the Transformer rail and that other stuff. Well, I mean, I'll go to Chicago to do Chicago things and then write things. Is Chicago things like getting shot while walking down the street? Because I'm pretty sure that's what happens there. I have not been shot in Chicago yet. Chicago things are like going to the water and looking at that, I suppose, but definitely eating pizza. Um, Chicago things are pizza, the Cubs. Um, I want to go in the Hancock Tower because I've been in uh, Sears Tower. And then I want to ride that water taxi and some other stuff. And then like hanging out with family. What's interesting, if you've been to cities, is Chicago is just flat. So I don't know what New York's like. I've never been there. But the cities I've been to, most of them got terrain. And Illinois is on whatever that flat glacial plain is, you know, the Midwest. So unlike pretty much all the cities, you don't have to worry about like hills and crazy turns. For the most part, it burned down one year. So it's all grids. So it's a pretty easy to navig- city to navigate. And if you're just like uh, into cities and driving around them, um, I don't know, all that crap about murders and all that. Obviously, it's not every square inch of a massive city. I think it's our, well, it's not our fifth biggest city anymore, but it's pretty big. Um, you know, you can drive around and experience a lot of neat stuff. Chicago is sort of the middle of the country, so it's not heavily influenced in anything, really, I think. From what I remember of it, it's sort of an interesting town to drive around, but it's also interesting and boring, too. It's not like it's known for anything except a big tower you can drive up or you get up in and look at it. And then, oh, there's some stuff on the lake. There's like a submarine on the lake. Um, I, don't know. I like the cemeteries, like Al Capone's grave and stuff like that. It was pretty cool to see. I don't know. I see like weird stuff. So well, I never thought about Al Capone stuff. Maybe there's some kind of Al Capone gun thing. Yeah, dude. There's this like club he used to go to all the time that I really want to go to, but I hate bars and drunk people, so it's gonna be hard. My wife actually lived in Chicago for a couple of years after she left California before she moved to Oklahoma. How old? What kind of age time? Or what kind of ages? Uh, I don't know. We've been together 10 years, almost 11, I guess. So before like that... As an adult, though? Oh, yeah, as an adult. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so she probably... I don't know. I have no idea what it's like downtown. All I know is pizza, but I'm sure... She worked, she worked on an ambulance there, so... Really, on an ambulance you know, in Chicago? Yep. Oh, man, there's a movie about that. What's in the name of that movie about an ambulance? Isn't that pretty much like ER? Oh, she was 23. She just put it in the chat. Chicago PD or whatever it is. What the show call you talking about? I used to watch a lot of ER. Okay, so that was the Gun Policy Conference. Uh, after that, it looks like is the Tri-State Full Auto Shoot. Oh, yeah, let's not put that one in here. That's in the Panhandle of Oklahoma. Uh, that's on the same weekend. Then you got the uh, Southeast Outdoor Press Association. Press Association, thanks. Conference down in uh, somewhere. I think it's one of the Carolinas, but I don't remember. Uh, in October, got the Knob Creek machine gun shoot, which is another machine gun shoot that's not as good as anything in Oklahoma, probably, on the 12th. And then you got the National Association of Shooting I mean, Sporting Goods Wholesalers uh, show that if you watch, does anybody ever watch? Uh, um, hang on, I can't think of the name. I'm trying to think of it. Um, that's like a hunting thing, right? It's basically shot show without the 
the stuff that's kind of boring from SHOT Show, like all the zippers and foreigners and... Like, oh, the outdoors thing? Yeah. What state's that? Does anybody remember Gun Blast? Used to almost be a big channel on YouTube for a minute, and then they got kind of big. But they yeah, never... I remember them. Yeah, I remember them. Gun Blast goes to this one. That was their thing. That was like, you know, they would get access to cool stuff that was new uh, before anybody else, because they went to this show months before SHOT Show. And uh, it's always kind of neat. I was always jealous because I wanted to, and I could never afford to go because it was in a different town. It was usually somewhere east of the Mississippi. I think they were from somewhere down south, so there was you know, driving distance from those guys. But anyway, they always had a lot of cool uh, videos and stuff from there. Uh, so anyway, that's on October 16th, and then we got Big Sandy on October 19th, which is out here in Arizona. It's another machine gun shoot. It's a little different because it's not, it's a, you can go there as a spectator, but it's uh, really just a bunch of enthusiasts, people that own machine guns and go out, and they've been doing it for decades, and they just go out there and have fun. They just allow other people to watch them. It's not a for-profit really kind of thing. It's just on private land, and it's got a camp to be there, so it's kind of an experience. So we put stuff uh, on, in the calendar on gun channels, and it's, uh, we, we talk about it on Mondays, and I always mention we do that for a couple of reasons. One, hopefully you're, well, nobody does, but eventually somebody will start to post their own events that they might be interested in over here. Uh, you'll notice that Cycle Camp does it for things like the Connecticut Civil C Citizens Defense League, uh, which helps out a little site like that. Well, I don't know how big that site is, but I'm assuming they don't get 30,000 views a day. So if uh, you got somebody out there that you'd like to help, uh, not only can you get it in front of eyeballs of human beings, but more importantly, you get it in front of those robot eyeballs that Al Gore built that tell the internet you know, what to recommend to other people. So uh, use the internet. It's a tool. And we need to master tools in order to make change, right? So that's uh, so what we talk about on Mondays. And uh, it's like John jumped in. Thanks for joining. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for the invite. You bet. So... What else do we got today? Let's see if we probably got a gun shop in here. Yeah, what do we got for gun shop of the day? Gun of the day. Gun of the day. Runner, runner guns. Hmm. Yeah, I'm it's grabbing a, a history link so you guys can start getting a head start on that. That's where we that's where we stayed whenever we went to NRA it was in McKinney, Texas. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just because we we were we were too lazy to get a you know or too poor to get a motel room because we didn't do it in time downtown oh well mckinney's fancy town so yeah it's a neat downtown so uh i was driving from where the hell was i i was driving south the first time no, I was driving from Oklahoma down to the Gun Rights Policy Conference. That's what it was. Where was this? What? Where was the the conference that year? So this was last year. It was the conference was in uh, December in uh, the Dallas, and I was driving down from uh, Oklahoma, and uh, this is where Flippy lives. So he had given me some suggestions, and this is not one he gave me. I had actually pulled off the side of the road because I was going to go look at the whatever he texted me or whatever. And wherever I pulled off and the Google show me, until you know, told Google to show me uh, gun shops. There was these like two gun shops right across the street. So this is one of them. And I forget what the other one was called, something about emails and guns or something. Uh, but anyway, this is kind of a neat shop. It's specifically ARs and they just had some neat stuff on display. So first off they had this table, which is just a bunch of red 
Um, actually, those might actually be receivers. I don't know what they are. They look like they got holes and stuff. So those might actually be receivers. But anyway, they were using them as uh, trigger uh, demos, and and that's probably what this white thing is. Slam the trigger without raking everything, and then grip demos, and then I guess stock demos. And I thought that's pretty cool. Has anybody ever seen a shop that did something like this? Um, not this much, but I have seen like one. I mean, I've seen shops where they might have this many in the display cases, you know, here and there in the other place, but never put on like this and in such a cool way. And uh, anyway, I thought this was a really interesting way to uh, offer customer service at a level where, you know, you'd want to come into this shop. There's a reason to come into this shop and, and hang out for a while. And can you imagine, I don't know if people think about it, but when they have something like this, the employees, if they're worth a shit, are aware of the people that come in and fiddle with all those stocks. So very much like an instructor or somebody who hangs out at a shooting range all day, right? Officer or something, you're gonna get a lot of experience with people's, you know, reactions when they pick up these things. So uh, I think a, uh, you know, a store could really think about doing something like this. You'd get so much feedback from it. It's really cool. Uh, so that's. Uh, is that all they sell there is AR and AR parts or other stuff? I, too? Right. I mean, I got to remember the pictures here. I've been to a lot of shops. I'm pretty sure it was, they might've had a gun or two, but I'm, or a pistol or something, but I'm pretty sure it was like an AR shop. They had this thing, which I thought was neat. Again, trying to maybe bring in somebody who's not quite sure of something they can point right at the part. This is genius. I don't know why most shops don't have something like this, or at least a poster, right? To kind of just get you right to which one. I think this is actually better than a poster. Honestly, it makes your shop cool. And there's just something different about being able to see that pin, you know, for our eyeballs and stuff than to see a stupid little rectangle on a poster, right? Yeah, and I'm sure when somebody comes in there looking for a part and they point to it and say, that part, exactly. it helps them a lot. So that again, would help me immensely. I mean, you, if you knew this shop was in town, right, you're going to, I mean, there's one distant from you. This is the kind of stuff that makes you go to the, this direction. Or maybe you even decide to go a little further. Uh, again, to give you an idea of how much stuff they got there. Here's my van. Uh, yeah, AR parts, silencer, thing, kiosk. Uh, they had some body armor. There you go. So what I started doing is uh, having the GPS take me to places, and then I would do a screen capture, and then put that in as my um, last page of my uh, little description in Instagram when you do this little multi-page thing. So that way I give them sort of a little mini Google Maps type of thing you can Instagram, tag it to them and uh, you know, help spread the word about their shop and get more of their tags out there. Again, trying to remember that these things are just tools and there's tools made for little kids to operate. And if there's six people efforting towards something, if you're the seventh, that's pretty good odds. So uh, if there's two people efforting and you're the third, that's even better odds. So keep efforting. That's our gun shop of the day, and now we can look at some history. A pretty cool shop. Yeah, I was impressed. And that's one of the reasons I really like just dropping in and finding shops. I mean, it's neat to get um, recommendations from people, and I've gotten great recommendations from people, but some of the neatest shops, some of the most impressive shops I've just found, just moseying along, and they just happen to be there. Uh, for example, though, with that one, Flippy, I, I, I pulled over to get the recommendation gave me a couple. One of them that he was, he was like, oh, and I'm sure this place is cool because uh, I've done a lot of business there and blah, blah, blah. Like they, as soon as I walked in, they had a sign that said no pictures, right? Like the first thing you do see when you walk in the shop is a big sign that says there's no pictures. Like they go out of their way to make it the first thing you see, like in front of any branding or anything. 
So uh, I've seen that sign a lot. So I still ask the manager if it's okay, and he had like a fit, I'm like blah, 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 blah. So uh, you know, you never know. So sometimes I do get good recommendations. Sometimes people inadvertently send me someplace like that. But um, yeah, it's neat to find a shop like that that I would have never thought. Somebody, I've heard of shops that do all AR stuff. I've seen a couple, but this one, yeah, really impressed me with the, some of their displays and the way that they were uh, kind of aware of what people might need, right, as a customer. I got a question on that fact. Well, it's kind of two parts. One, why would they not, why do they care if you take pictures of their stuff? I mean, if you're just, are they, there's some reason? And two, whenever you ask them, did you tell them, you know, you're a pretty, I mean, you're a pretty decent sized YouTube channel still, so they just still not interested in free publicity? Um, I didn't get along with that guy, the way he said no. So why would you say no? One, if somebody just comes into your store and is a Yahoo, number one, maybe they're like anti-gun and they're taking pictures to who knows what, you know, let your imagination wander there. But if they're media and they're taking stock pictures so the next time something horrible happens, your gun shop is on the main page of the store or the story, even though you had nothing to do with anything. So that would be another concern. Another concern if somebody's even trying to be pro-gun, but they take pictures of all your security stuff, that's not necessarily a good idea. So whenever you do take pictures of a shop, uh, better to take more floor than ceiling because no, number one, nobody cares what the ceiling looks like on the internet, right? And number two, you're less likely to get all their security cameras and stuff. So there's no need to help anybody out. And it's if you make an effort at it, you maybe even you mention it uh, as you're asking to take pictures if they look reluctant. Uh, but that's a couple of things that come to the top of my head. It could just be a employee thing. If I was in a store, I wouldn't want somebody taking pictures of me, you know? So, so there's a little validity to it as well as a little... Oh, no, there's a ton of it. And the guy had a giant picture there. But at the same time, yeah, I'm the king of the internet. The guy should let me do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> little, a little validity plus a little paranoia. Yeah. Let them be paranoid. It's their business too, you know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. just, I understand that. They want good pictures of their shop, not weird ones or something. But the guy just did it in like a way that just bugged me. So, eh, whatever. Um, we were gonna look at history. I just want to say the first piece of history. This was the first time tonight I was at the U.S. Open. Right. Hello. So that was pretty cool. In 1776, the Americans were defeated by the British at the Battle of Long Island, New York. The American forces, composed of Continental Line and militia regiments from several states, attempted to hold back a well-coordinated attack by the British Army. So thanks a lot, John. How do you specify that? You're welcome. Because <laughs> while most state units gave a poor showing, often running away upon enemy approach. This was not always the case. America, American General Lord Sterling, commanding the great brigade of Maryland and Delaware regiments, blunted their advance long enough for other troops to safely withdraw. So Maryland and Delaware were the only two that had balls stand up in British that day, today, in 1776. And today, Maryland's balls are shriveled up inside. No, they've been fighting longer than you, New York. They, well, they were, New York they were is lazy. While you were running away. So well, New York, New Yorkers are lazy. What do you want? <laughs> uh, let's see. In 1859, some guy struck oil at 69 feet in Titusville, Pennsylvania. That was the world's first successful oil well. Source of crude or, or petroleum opened up an inexpensive source of power and quickly replaced whale oil lamps. 
within a few decades, oil drilling had grown all over, and they quit killing them whales, I guess. On that, I do live in the, the home of the first oil well in Oklahoma, the town I live. Just a little interesting information. You know what town, what year by any chance? Oh, I've seen the sign a million times, but to tell you the truth, I don't remember. Well, how about this? Do you remember, is it 18 or 1900s? I don't know. Give me five minutes and I'll tell you. Okay, I was just kind of curious. So this says 1859. You know, if it was 1862, that'd be super interesting. If it was 1962, that'd be interesting in a different way, right? Well, it's a little newer or a little older than that. I assume. Thanks. It was probably before it was a t state, too. But 1916, Romania entered the World War One. Wait, what? Romania enters oh. World War One, 1916. It was all. Oh, go ahead. No, say what? Again, what year was it? August of eighteen eighty nine, site of Oklahoma's first oil well, Chelsea, Oklahoma. Okay, so this one was their first oil well was eighteen fifty nine. So is it literally thirty years later they were already digging in Oklahoma? Yep, that's kind of neat. I really like this one. In nineteen oh one, in Havana, Cuba, U.S. Army physician James Carroll allowed an infected mosquito to feed on him in an attempt to isolate the means of transmission for yellow fever. Days later, he uh, developed a severe case of yellow fever, helping his colleague prove that mosquitoes can transmit the some sometimes deadly disease. Pretty impressive considering 1901, there's a chance you're going to die. Yeah. That's some fucking dedication to something. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't hear about him. You do hear about Walter Reed. So 1908, Lyndon Johnson, 36th president of the United States, was born near Stonewall, Texas. 1956, the nuclear power station Calder Hall in the UK was connected to the national power grid, becoming the world's first commercial nuclear power station to generate electricity. Listen, in 1918, Nogales is the town with the uh, international board, uh, border crossing between here and Mexico, right? In Arizona, Nogales is the big border uh, town. Yeah, that's the one that's always on the news. Well, it's the only one in Arizona, right? We only have one. So uh, it's the, at least the big one. And uh, it's just south of Tucson, like an hour. So it says that in 1918, there was the Battle of, I didn't even know it was a battle down there, the Battle of Nogales, um, Battle of both Nogaleses, as it is known. And this is 1918. So our infantry was um, uh, cavalry still. And uh, a bunch of soldiers were stoned. Or no, stationed in Nogales. <laughs> I've been all different story. We're stationed in Nogales. The Mexican soldiers were an armed militia. We're in Nogales, Sonora. So both towns are called Nogales. It doesn't make it easy. So we were on the Arizona side. They were on the Mexico side. Battle is notable for being a significant confrontation between U.S. and Mexican forces during the border war, which took place in the Mexican Revolution, in the First World War. Do all right, it's not that interesting except that it happened south of me. I didn't even know there was a battle down there. It happened today in 1918. Oh, United... shit. What? oh, sorry, I finished. I just read the end of the paragraph. As a result of this battle, the U.S. and Mexico agreed to divide the two border communities with a chain link border fence, the first of many permanent incarcerations, wait, incarnations of the U.S. Mexico border wall between two, the two countries. So the first border. Wall in Arizona was the 
one between the two parts of Nogales here. I wonder if there's any piece of that left as a historic chunk. Because it's still chain link in a lot of places. But that would be from 1918. So probably not be the same size. Okay, what were you saying? Oh, in uh, 1962, United States launched the Mariner 2 space probe with an Atlas D booster. Mariner 2 passed within 20,000 20, miles of Venus over the 10 years. In 1908, Lyndon B. Johnson was born today. He said that. Oh, he did? I didn't hear I was him. Say, that's two presidents born today. No. Uh, I didn't hear him, I guess. I was probably looking for my thing. 1967, Beatles manager Brian Epstein dies. Nineteen twenty-eight, fifteen nations signed the Kellogg Briand uh, Peace Act, known as the Pact of Paris, outlawing war and calling for the settlement of disputes through arbitration. So that clearly worked. Yeah, it was an attempt. Nineteen eighty-four, Reagan announced the Teacher in Space Project. When are you going to space? Oh, I'd I would go tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure I'm too fat and old. There's probably not any bacon up there. Wasn't that teacher? Wasn't there a teacher on the uh, Challenger? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I remember so it vividly. Back when teachers had to be in shape, so you don't think that nowadays they'd be like, "We've got all these in these fit people up there. We really need to see the effects of a normal person that just goes up there and eats a shit ton of bacon and hangs out." I'm for it. If hopefully the NSA is listening, I'm for it. Let's do it. Like we're willing to bring up like a hundred pounds worth of activities for you to entertain yourself, but mainly we want you to hang out and look at the Earth, or maybe look at stars and eat some bacon and hang. I could do weightless bacon. I'm good. He drinks bacon. He doesn't eat it. You would set the bacon up, just hovering in weightlessness, and then approach it like one of them big giant spaceships. Like the, you guys have probably seen the Simpson episode with Homer floating around eating donuts. That's what I was fixing to reference. <laughs> You'd have to pre-cook all the bacon because you can't cook bacon up in space. You'd have to pre-cook it all. Could you imagine how bad the grease pops would be in space? Exactly. <laughs> like what happened to the space shuttle? It's bouncing all over. <laughs> 1997, there was a report on the U.S. nuclear arsenal broken down to the number of nuclear weapons in each state. New Mexico was first with 2,800. Georgia was second with 2,000. Washington State, 1,600. Total talk stockpile at 12,500, of which 8,700 were described as operational. That's after they killed our 16, so we would have had you know, 16... 40 kiloton intercontinental ballistic missiles. Arkansas would have had 16, and Kansas would have had 16. I guess they all got taken out in the early 90s, so that's how you guys get to compete. I didn't know that we had 1,600. I'm guessing that's, I don't know what that could be. Unless they count Navy docked there? I, mean, I don't think we had that many strategic, like, offensive or defensive nukes, did we? I mean, is there such a thing as a defensive nuke? We must have moved all our nukes to be littler rockets or something. In 2003, Mars makes its closest approach to Earth in nearly 60,000 years, passing only 34.5 million miles from Earth. Wow. What year was that? 2003. Because just the other day, they said that the moon was the closest since 2003. So that must mean 2003 was still closer. 
right? This was Mars, not the moon. Did I say the moon? No, I was thinking the moon. You said Mars. Okay. They're both got an eminent, and they're both, you know, outside. Yeah. Anything outside the dome is fake, so it doesn't matter. It's just like... <laughs> Um, that's all the interesting history I can find. Yeah, there's always a lot in here, but it takes a minute. But uh, but we try to talk about history in case you go to the gun shop or hanging out with people. And you just want to talk about something interesting that isn't based on what the agenda-based sources are handing down for you to talk about that day. Looks like three Medal of Honors were awarded yesterday. Or today, sorry. All right, which is this last one? How about this one? Uh, 2008. I don't know, a GCG Dallas was deployed as part of the U.S. Navy 6th Fleet. What's a GC? What's a CGC? Something carrier? Coast Guard? Coast Guard Cutter. Coast Guard Cutter Dallas was deployed as part of U.S. Navy 6th Fleet, delivering 76,000 pounds of humanitarian relief supplies to the port of someplace Georgia. That country was attacked by Russia as part of Operation something or another. She was the second military vessel to deliver relief to Georgia. So, now, I just want to I just want to stick a quick piece of uh, history in there. Um, it's been five days since G Webs shoved some bacon in a marshmallow. <laughs> I love that, by the way. That's an important piece of history, so don't forget. Five <laughs> packs. I literally watched that, hoping you would actually put bacon in actual marshmallow, and then you fed it to your dog. Nice work. That's like being rickrolled with a puppy, so you can't get mad because it was the Yeah, it was a puppy. <laughs> I, I totally was like, I need to know how to do this, and you got me good. All right. Well, I think that's it. We talked about a member of the day. We talked. taking pictures of what here? What not? Uh, we talked about the uh, gun shop today. Uh, we talked about other things, and I guess we're about wrapping it up. Uh, thanks for everybody for jumping in. Um, anybody want to plug anything before we head out? Anybody got any projects cooking? Anything simmering? Anything on the stove? Uh, buy things from alanango.com. What? Why should we buy things over there? Are they even made in this country? They're made in this country, and... <laughs> The code gun channel gets you 20% off. Awesome. But I've heard that you get all your designs from foreigners from like Europe, and these are metric designs. All my designs? That's what I heard. That, yeah, you might have these might be US made decals, but the designs are outsourced by Europeans. On the wall, I don't know if you remember this thing that used to happen called the Smeggy Cave, but some designs actually were born during Smeggy Cave. Has anything been birthed in a tater tube? Um, yeah, I think those the ammo flags have been, were birthed in the tater tube. There you go. So not only can you hang out on Ellen Anchor and buy stuff that's created and made here, but you can also watch it being whatever that's called. Created? Made? Fine. Oh. Hatched. Snob, you did your show on Saturday. Going to keep doing it? Was it good? Yeah, I think I'll do one this Saturday, too. I'll probably try to do it somewhat regularly. John Z, obviously, isn't doing anything. Ran out of here. Tails between his legs. Gary, anything coming up? Oh, 
Not anything upcoming in the next couple of days anyway. Right on. Well, thanks for jumping in. And notice you're jumping in, uh, well, not always, but you jump into quite a few chats. So uh, I'm imagining that's one of those things that I think uh, as a person who jumps into a lot of chats, people don't necessarily think about um, is that when you're in a bunch of chats, you kind of help stir things up. Not, that's the right word because you're not an instigator, but you're able to bring insight from other chats or other discussions to you know, the next one. And I think that I've found that sometimes that, you know, let's say people are going to talk about XYZ and people have already talked about XYZ. So you can just say, hey, we already talked about XYZ and we came to this conclusion or we looked it up and so and so. And that lets this conversation get a little bit further. So I appreciate that. And I'm assuming that happens once in a while. And uh, thanks to anybody who jumps around and hangs out in more than one click or one group out there. And uh, I don't know, Gary, you jump around a lot of chats. It's fun, right? Different it kind is. Of yes. He's kind of a chat hopper. Yeah. Well, there's a ton of people that'll be more than happy to have you jump in. Doesn't cost nothing to ask them once, like <sighs> if you want a link. And, you know, a lot of people just put links out there. Um, Slim, put anything else in a glass box? Anything else? What's in it? Not for a little while. I'm uh, still trying to find ammunition for the current thing in a glass box. Right on. Well, that's been kind of cool. I didn't realize. I didn't know you were putting the stand together. I didn't know. Did you say anything about it was going into a box? I, I don't think I put a picture of the box up until it was done. I kind of, the problem is I was looking at different pre-made stands, and, of course, most of them, the way they hook onto the gun is you just slide it over the magazine well. Obviously, because that doesn't have an attachable magazine, you can't use a standard thing. So I'm like, I'll just throw one together. And then the more I think about it, I'm like, if I really want to dust this thing, I have to worry if somebody comes over touching it. So I'm like, I'll put it in the box. Yeah, I think that looks cool. Plus, it draws your eyes to it. You know, just sitting on a shelf or something, it'd be like, yeah. But when it's in a glass, it's like, what's that thing in a glass? Why is it in a glass? Oh, it yeah. must be expensive if it's in a glass. Well, it kind of frames it, you know. So yeah, I think it's. Cool. That's um, really fancy. John, jumped out. What you got going on? What's happening? Not much. Just trying to find a parking spot because I'm exhausted. Oh, you're out working right now? I was. I worked today and I work, been working since, what was it? I've been out of my house since 7 a.m. And uh, went to the U.S. Open. Took my aunt over there, and I'm trying to find a spot to park. Other than that, uh, I'm, I'm trying to come up with some ideas to make videos with, but uh, nothing's come to fruition yet. But I'm working on it. Right on. Well, thanks for jumping in. I'll do and, that. Uh, always good to have insight from the other side of the Mississippi and from deep inside of the city. Uh, we talked to bacon yet? Wood, wood flavor. Uh, yeah, we just have a, we start up school tomorrow. Actual kids and all that. Right on. Well, thanks for jumping in. Do you got uh, time? You going to jump into the after chat or are you going to go to bed? Yeah, for, for a minute. Uh, after chat assumed. Let's see if there actually is an after chat. Something happening after this chat that is also live. And it looks like there is. Dead Horse has a chat over there on the Gun Channel site. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, you have no idea what we're talking about. We simulcast this show over on gunchannels.com. It's a community we built a few years ago. It's a social 
your platform, except that it's all about guns. And right now, there's a guy called Dead Horse is his username. He's got a channel called uh, Show and Tell. And no, he doesn't have a thing listed. He just listed our show. I guess I didn't do it. So yeah, I never posted our own show. So uh, I guess there is no after show. So I was wrong. So anyway, might want to head over to Gun Channels after a bit to see if anybody. <sighs> And uh, I guess with that, we will see if anybody's got a quote. I have a quote. Today's quote is, Americans have the right and advantage of being armed, unlike the people of other countries whose leaders are afraid to trust them with arms. James Madison. Guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching GunWebsites.com. <sighs>